Namaskaram everyone and welcome back to the podcast. We have dear Ruhi Akka with us who is a Hatha Yoga teacher who conducts a lot of classes in Chandigarh, Delhi, Bangalore and a lot of corporate classes, right Akka? If I'm not wrong. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We did one for Genpact recently. This was in Delhi. We did a class okay. for Genpact and we've done several for a lot of corporate other uh, okay. organizations too. Um, and then we do retreats. Yeah, yeah, but Vesu, please continue. <laughs> yeah, no, no, awesome, awesome. <laughs> yes. So before uh, we go into the podcast, I just want to tell the audience, you know, the audio version of this will be available also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So in case you just want to listen to it while driving, you can check it out there. And also a lot of people tell me the podcast gets very long. That's why I take an hour or two extra to, you know, actually timestamp this. So if you go through the description, you can look. T- check out the timestamps and just listen to the part which you feel you relate to but before we go into the podcast akka was about to tell her, tell me a ghost story which i told you know we'll tell in the podcast <laughs> so please tell us a ghost story <laughs> because you know in the last podcast neha akka told a ghost story and a lot of people you know liked it so i was like do you have oh, ghost wow. stories okay <laughs> okay i i actually don't have ghost stories just yet okay. they're actually funny stories okay these would start as ghost stories but end up quite funny but uh, i should tell a lot of ghost stories so we grew up in um, in pune vesu and uh, in pune i don't know if you know this or not but in maharashtra largely pune there are a lot of ghost stories that are like there is some element of something spooky happening across certain places in pune the, almost everybody will have one ghost story to tell you right. so when i was very young we used to yeah yeah i don't know do you know about this but no, they have no, no, no. pune particularly has this okay. So yeah, so they have these old houses which have I don't know they just they've not been renovated since forever, and all the children are really scared of going in, and there are massive ghost stories sort of revolving around those houses. Uh, so yeah, growing up, told a lot of them. I don't recall any, unfortunately, um, except maybe the funny ones. Let's not get into that now. Okay, okay, cool. cool. <laughs> so Aga, the, you know the podcast is basically um, I tell people it is to get to know the unmeditator. Person. So we want to know the unmeditator and unhatha yoga teacher Rohi before we get into your how you got into your spiritual journey. So if you could tell us a bit more about yourself, where you grew up, what you used to do, was becoming a yoga teacher actually in your aspiration or was it something you you know slowly slowly transpired to? So wherever you would like to start, Akka. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Um, about me very briefly like i mentioned grew up in pune and then chandigarh these are largely the places that i grew up in mostly and since i was very young i remember our parents used to always ask us what our aspirations are right like what do you want to do buddy okay <laughs> and uh, i'd be like i want to retire by 30 and oh, okay <laughs> become a teacher that's what i knew i wanted to do since i was a kid okay and become a teacher matlab at the time i imagine i'd probably like wear a nice sari and go to like a become a lecturer or go to university take classes for 2 hours and be done so that was the idea originally but um, who would have thought that when i was 28 that's when the opportunity for inner engineering and that's an isha sort of came into my life surprisingly enough and by 29 i'd signed up for my teacher's training course and by 30 i was a, i was a teacher surprisingly oh. so i think the intentions i set for myself when i was very young very unknowingly <laughs> turned out to be true um, yeah so it, what it happened in those 28 years what happened in those 28 years suddenly <laughs> you were like whoa i thought i want to be a teacher i became teacher that's not how we do a podcast <laughs> That's, That's not how we do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, hmm, so how I grew up largely uh, in Chandigarh. Um, this is when I was in high school. 
I think when I became of a certain age where um I could possibly work <laughs> in some way or form my father threw us into that field okay he said listen you need to start finding ways of developing knowledge skill sets abilities and making your own like stand on your own two feet you know you want pocket money go earn your pocket money you know oh, like that wow. now you find innovative ways of how you want to do this so since i was in the 7th grade i used to tutor kids that's how i started oh. out you know to sort of um, support my luxurious lifestyle at the time <laughs> which is to get chocolates oh my god i stress so much um but uh, yeah so that's how it started out used to teach <laughs> luxurious lifestyle all through school <laughs> you are an idiot every day one fruit and nut <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah listen how many kids get fruit and nut every day that's a luxury okay for a child yeah. in 90 no, no that's a very good context because i feel you know, nowadays when it's a luxury it's all about you know million dollar cars and all that but for us it was like you know having chocolates <laughs> luxurious <laughs> Like, yeah yeah having the freedom to do what i want to go to chamanjis in panchkula in sector 7 and order my paneer and you know get that like this is what i used to do when i was in the 8th grade because i had pocket no money way. so right. i used to tutor kids and that's how i sort of also made it through my i paid my own tuition through school through a certain part of school right. through college and uh, yeah learned to sort of stand up on my own two feet since then i think that's how the idea of teaching came wow. uh, very early on when i was younger Um yes yeah, so always had that bent of mind where I wanted people to become better and, and had like this massive OCD also while I was growing up that I had things things had to be just right clothes had to be folded just a certain way they you can't have like dust in places I if I enter the kitchen my mother would kick me out she'd be like pandita and argue like she have a problem with everything I want so she like you leave <laughs> pandita <laughs> right right <laughs> So, so yeah, so I had like a little bit of an OCD when I was growing up in that sense, <laughs> but I think we caught it in time, and then thankfully it didn't become like a proper disease. <laughs> um, I disagree. But, uh, just now you were like, just now we were arranging the you know writings on this heading, and you were like the yoga vidya, and it doesn't look in alignment with you. You need to like you know. I'm like okay, <laughs> so it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so yeah had this major thing and then also i think um uh, i thought very highly of myself as a child right i always thought that why people are living such foolish lives and why are they so silly and oh my god if i could just educate them to be better people and the world would be such a nicer place and all of that so as a very troubled kid as a very very angry child also and i think my did way you, of bringing about some amount of change was right so did okay. you see something in them akka like what what was that frustration that caused you what was their behavior that you felt to was it something only in chandigarh or you saw it in other places also everywhere i because the conversations that you'd have with people and i think that's largely the case even today would just be about people or about very futile things right like you'd there'd be I'd, I'd be I'd, when I was very little. I'd be frustrated why nobody would come play with me. <laughs> why are you playing? Why do you want to sit in the corner? Like, what is your problem? Let's just go run. No. So that that used to be like a <laughs> you want to sit in the corner and talk. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. It, it's been so frustrating, and um, and I think in North particularly, I don't want to make like a generic statement, but at least that was my experience in Chandigarh. That there was such a huge. Bu- bifurcation in terms of men women girls and boys right. i think for the longest time i was very um, 
um i wasn't very conscious of my gender you know what i mean like i i, I was made to realize that i was a girl when i came to chandigarh right because like girls wear a certain way they sit a certain uh-huh. way and things like that and i thought how silly is that right because and i come from an army background so have had right. plenty of exposure and have traveled a lot of places and have been brought up like not like a girl or boy or anything but like a full fledged you know just live fully there's been no you know this whole girl thing was never been a problem but somehow when i remember coming to chandigarh i didn't find that thing in pune but when i came to chandigarh i found that pretty heavy so for some reason i don't know if it's a north thing or what really um but uh, yeah so yeah for, for me it was it was very important that people stop you know identifying themselves in such a small way and then i felt very limited when you were putting me in that same tiny bracket of you know sit this way are who are you to tell me how to sit you know so right. <laughs> all of those things yeah. mm-hmm. so okay like i want to ask you know you said you from an army background so you were born up your father was into a, was an army person Yeah, yeah. yeah. My father so was I, serving in the infantry. So because why I ask is you know when I met Vidangna ka also she when I went to the Shilaru project she was also I think from an army background and uh, I see that there is a sense of you know lot of freedom they're very you know they're very like they they do not see mm-hmm. someone as a you know like a the gender difference is not there the way they interact with me is the way they interact with a woman or a lady it's it's the same. So I would like to know a little bit more about how what what is that you know makes it different like you know how you, you guys are you know brought up there what is the kind of you know education or training or what do army kids get in special that you know what we do not get <laughs> Oh that's such an interesting question um yeah what do army gets kids get special I think uh, for me personally I have two very different parents okay so my father was like this very strict godok army man who would come home and who would be like you know give me 50 push ups <laughs> sort of a person <laughs> but also like but also the same so he so i remember this one time that we'd all gone to the club okay and i was, I was a very dainty girl girl like that like i'd love wearing dresses that change like five times a day and have my heels for different occasions you know and very proper because if you go to the club you have to be a certain way <laughs> you know all of that so i remember one evening i was wearing something very tiny and it was very cold and pune weather at that time used to be like i'm talking for 10 15 years ago for even more pune weather used to be lovely it used to be warm in the day and chilly in the evenings so we'd gone to the army club where the tar is and and we were out for dinner and i walked up to my mom saying that's so cold because <laughs> i'd obviously not prepared and had not gotten mm-hmm. Not clothes or whatever, <laughs> and my father is like, "Go take three laps and come back." So oh, I had to go take. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, it will generate body heat, and that's how you'll be cold. And because my aunt said my mom will give me shawls, and he's like, "Nobody will give you a shawl. You go run." And I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> and you know what? When you're a kid and you start running, you don't even realize you start running with some other kids, and suddenly you're all friends and you're all running together. And next thing you know, you're playing a game. So um, that's essentially, yeah. The army environment has been very, uh, very liberating, right? Because they, they don't really they encourage you to fully exercise yourself in every possible way, intellectually, physically, uh, and express yourself in every possible way. There is. um and i think that's also because there's it's such a mix of different cultures like if you see one unit 
in the army you'll find people from all backgrounds from different parts of the country and everyone has their own unique element that they're bringing together but the brotherhood and the bonding is so strong it's so strong the fundamental humanity that's and the love that actually the unity that's brought all of them together is so much higher than all that other you know other things which become so much smaller in the larger picture i think that's probably why you become so open to people you've gotten so much exposure to different kinds of lives and different kinds of people and you've also learned to hold love respect you know as the highest uh, integrity and like these value systems are considered to be the highest and everything else just comes after and i think that's probably you know one of the reasons why in fact you know what and i know i'm jumping like far ahead into hatha training but when i went for my teachers training everybody in my family threw a massive fit okay they're like oh god brainwash ho rahi hai you know <laughs> we brought her up to not even believe in religion and look at her she's following some right, baba right, right. and god knows what right so they thought right. i've gone completely insane okay and the funny part is that the only person the only person who understood that process that i went through those you know right. uh 5 months this 21 weeks of training and i came back was my father he is the only person who related to it waking up at 3:34 in the morning sleeping wow. at 11 having intense schedules doing 8 hours of sadhana in the day having back to back sessions and coming back where you're completely transformed he is the only person who got it like i don't think everybody else thought he of this pavito lost this god to become a sadhvi or something like that but uh my father was the only one who was like yeah what a way to live your life like you know i i get wow yeah so i think that's also somewhere because i think the only other place where i know people completely die into what they do is the forces right like oh. yeah if i look back at my father he's slightly hard of hearing because he's gone in a few battles and he's been you know he's gone through a lot in life and only somebody who knows how to keep himself in the back seat for something much larger can possibly understand this i feel you know i know it's it's a very wrong parallel i'm drawing because what they do is putting the lives on the risk oh. on the border for right. all of us and our safety but but in the essence the ability to keep yourself aside and do something that you hold higher uh, than yourself is something that i think he's the only person who could relate to yeah. because um, i listen to a lot of podcasts in the ranveer show by you know ranveer alabadi and especially when um person from the army comes it's a very beautiful the kind of sharings they all i think they always have a buddy pair who always is with them and the kind of bonding they have with that person it's like next level the way they talk about it, like oh why didn't i ever think about this i would always think so when your father actually sent you for the program like when you decided to go for the hatyaka program initially also he was like you know this is something you want to do or when he saw that transformation and when he heard about that schedule was he like this is a good thing or how how did that go about aka that's that's a, yeah so between my parents actually my father didn't say anything at all he's always been like you do what you want to do right you'll anyways live your life the way you want to you've never listened to anybody <laughs> i remember he once when i was in college he did you know they put like a time limit that you have to be home by 6:30 i'm like are you crazy 6:30 <laughs> like who comes home at 6:30 so i used to come home but i was very civil okay i was very like proper so listen to them and i'd be home by 9 <laughs> that was my negotiation which is which i thought was very reasonable and then like another year into the college and somehow you know you get into the whole scene of hanging out with friends then you don't realize where time goes by and then i started like pushing my limit he's like okay you have to be home by 10 now 
so i was like okay so i'd be home by 12:30 then slowly <laughs> as time went by and as we aged my time limit you know so i think he's also learned that you know she'll do what she wants to do and i think they know that also somewhere right like um that's probably why he never actually said don't do this and they've never actually my parents have never been the kind who said don't do something i think a mother's the only one who'd probably be like just you know sort of breach that boundary a little and be like i think i know better <laughs> i don't think you should get to all this religiousness and all that live your life go party go have fun you're not like 50 why are you going and doing all the hatha and yoga you know <laughs> so yeah did something something happened to you i'm like no nothing happened to me <laughs> i'm just fascinated by what this is and uh, yeah and then Yeah, I think she'd created like a big thing about that. My daughter was completely lost it and all that. But but then I gave her a lot of reassurance. I told her, listen, I will call you every day. You will know that I'm alive and I am well. But <laughs> you know, so don't worry. By the third or fourth day, they'd settled it. I think yeah, the parents have been actually mostly. I don't think any time in my life ever. have they ever said no to anything or ever said ki you can't do this you can't do that and i think that's a fundamental way of how we've been brought up also both my brother and i that we've always been given a lot of freedom to make our own choices so that if it's a mistake it is your mistake you deal with it and if it is a success it is your success but the responsibility is on you the onus of making a correct decisions on you and i think that's the reason why we've not even like gone off in any wrong direction right because we always knew that we are the ones responsible for our lives for our growth for our everything imagine i started teaching my own since i was in the 7th grade like right so hmm. so okay let's say that's a very interesting point you said that your parents gave you the freedom a lot of maybe i think a lot of young audience and a lot of elder audience listen to the podcast so let's say oh uh, i just want to understand like let's say you you went through a failure or you did something which was not expected what was their reaction or response to that how would they what was there i think it was a very healthy way they had with you so that's why i wanted to know like yeah. what was their way of yeah. you know yeah i think um, the kind of kids also that forget both my father and i at least okay i'll talk for myself um i get like a fiery passion i get the fiery fightiness from my father like the fight in me actually is the fighting spirit i think i get from my dad and the compassion and the chill i think i get from my mother somewhere so it's a very good combination so when i actually want to apply myself in anything i go all out okay like i'm, I'm i think i'm quite crazy in that sense that i dive right into it so when things don't work out i don't think anybody can feel worse about it than me like i right. i'm very harsh on myself i'm extremely harsh when things don't go well and um I think in that sense my parents have always been a support system. So if things have not gone well or if there's been failures or setbacks they've come and they've held me and they've like been like it's okay you know don't it will you know take care agla wala aa jayega like there are life goes on it's all right I used to be very very harsh on myself I think I still am I think a lot of my dear friends will tell you about this that I can be super critical and I'm critical of people like imagine I'm like 100 times ex of myself in that sense um but i think that's also because you're aspiring to always be the best of what you can do and i um yeah i think that's also they i think that's a set standard that they've only set right that you always aspire to be the best but if it doesn't happen it's fine life is good so yeah i think uh, have only just been a massive support system have never really yeah have never had a challenge in that sense mm. 
awesome awesome akka so now let's go back a little and uh, see from your mom's perspective kya hua beta zindagi mein ki baba ke piche gaye what did you do here yeah why did i do this <clears throat> so uh in fact you know in engineering i did in 2014 i uh, as as in nepal in may sometime uh doing these there's this place over there okay it's called uh, the last resort fabulous place by the way they do these bungees and swings and waterfall rappling and they have these biking things around oh the forest it's fabulous like this adventure resort of sorts okay so we've done this and we've gone to pokhara for like first so traveling at the time and it's telling the friend and i'd seen this friend particularly transform from how like like from before after i'd seen this person become something truly magical uh, um um in fact i met this friend at a party and we like had a fabulous time together and that's how we became buddies and over a period of time he was a massive satguru follower so he constantly chewing my ears about that you know and listen to all of it i'm like oh my god i need to stop well if i can i get it you like this man okay god you know good for you but um <laughs> but then i also saw, so it wasn't all the chatter but actually the changes in how he was after he did the program and after he started doing the meditation that really registered with me that like he became this really quiet stable beautiful human being like shined completely and versus you know how i seen him initially which was not that he was a bad person but just that the way he conducted his life changed a good a good, a good 180 degrees <clears throat> and i thought this is interesting like i thought um, I never thought that people like it could have that kind of an impact, and I I saw the impact that it had on his life and how it made such a huge difference. So then, when we just come back from Nepal and come back from this trek, and I I found that they do they were doing a program in Delhi. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna see what this is about out of sheer curiosity. Okay, not that again at that time, life was amazing. Myself, <laughs> I was I was uh, doing I was working in Vodafone at the time, and brilliant company. following at work you know so um the organization's been lovely he is getting awards and what not so like things are going really well <laughs> no challenges or struggles per se but just the sheer curiosity you know ki aisa kya hai ki ye party banda became like a not not party but a very very sensible like the way he's conducting his life suddenly shifted so something's worked beautifully for him i want to be I'm very interested to see what it is so i went for the program I sat through the program like a complete skeptic. Okay, I sat there, be like, ha ha, ठीक है ये तो सब पता ही है. Like, why are you telling us all this? This I already know, man. Like, <laughs> this is such fundamental, basic things you are repeating. How does nobody know this? So you listen through the entire program. I know I sat there, fully. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what happened was on the day of the initiation. Uh, I felt sick. Okay, I, like I woke up with a hundred and four fever. I don't know why that happened, but on the day of the initiation, I woke up with a crazy one zero four fever. I could barely pay attention to anything because I was cold and I was sweating and like funny things were happening because you know body wasn't quite agreeing. And then we had to go to another location, which is where the program was going to happen. Now, if you know anything about Isha programs, and this is for the listeners also, if you don't come on time, <laughs> you are not allowed inside the program. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah so i am and i am like as driving to that spot and i was delirious with fever okay this is like some yeah. 7 7:30 in the morning or something yeah, yeah. or 7 ish i can't remember we heading to the location and i think i was looking at the map and the next thing i know my car is gone into the divider okay oh okay okay and my car tire is flat Oh. And I have this fever, and I can't pay attention, and I'm already feeling like I don't know anxious because I'm getting late, and now the car tire has gone flat. And sweetly enough, one of the to help me and to fix it, and I was like, "Hum, maybe late will be, too be late will be, dono ka miss will be. Leave the car on the road. Let's just go." And we went <laughs> to the program. I sat there shivering, and I felt like I was going to die that day. And everybody was like sitting like five feet away from this one, you know. मरावा पर्सन उसे कर दिया था इन इन द हीट इन दिल्ली ओके अम या आई नो कॉस्ट बेंड थ्रू द होल प्रोग्राम थैंक्सली द नेक्स्ट डे फीवर वाज गॉन एंड आई बैक टू नॉर्मल एंड फिनिश द सेवेन डेज द मोस्ट अब्जर्ड द मोस्ट एंड दिस इज नॉट हैपन वंस टू मी दिस इज हैपन फॉर एवरी सिंगल प्रोग्राम happening in delhi like this was the last time it have happened in delhi by the way it happened on these two occasions and this was the last occasion that it happened on and um, i think so lucky for me right i got to attend it over here so close to home um, but when i was heading for my bhavaspatna program this cab that i took ran out of steam like the steam khatam ho gaya acha <laughs> yeah, we're still forty-five minutes away from the location. Okay, I'm coming from Delhi. This is somewhere beyond Gurgaon and Manisar. Somewhere I don't know. Not Manisar, but like pretty far. There used to be some school, Parkway School. I'm not sure, but close to the Ravalis. <clears throat> so few of them were in the in the cab. So the cab guy is going to the petrol pump. Now petrol pump wala says ki petrol nahi hai mere paas diesel hai. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We are done now. Imagine this also happened. Yeah. <laughs> petrol pump the petrol khatam ho gaya. So now I'm stuck and I get off the car because the car is you know out of fuel and I book another cab. The other cab takes me another like 20 minutes rasta that cab breaks down. Next oh. thing I do is I take an auto. <laughs> Imagine okay. that now I'm fighting against time okay racing against time but if I don't make it You know what happens in each of the programs if you don't make it on time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't get to attend. Yeah. Hmm. So then, I take an auto. Imagine. Now you can guess what will happen with the auto. Somewhere fifteen minutes short of the place, the auto. Right. Oh my God! Seriously. Like, my kismat. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there. I'm like, why universe? Why? Why are you doing this to me? What did I do wrong? And I'm calling everybody and I'm telling them this is a genuine issue. I'm not lying. Three cars did not like you know you can lose car went bad once. Would somebody believe you if you say that? Like, yeah. It's like okay, lady, we get that you're not coming on time, but. <laughs> So like, okay, Akka, sorry, I don't think you'll be able to make it this time. So it's okay. okay. You do it okay. in the ashram later. Right, right. Like, right. no, wait, wait. I'm coming. I'm coming. And um, yeah, I think just when I lost hope, our auto wala went to some village, figured out how I don't know the mechanics of it all, and got the auto working. And I reached in time half day, half day at the place. And I think I was the last person in and signing up. And then I just sat and like breathed. Like that's all I could do. I was just so out of air from everything that was happening that day. And this happened even before my hatha training. It's just insane. Every single program I have done. So right. Yeah. So before my hatha training, I missed the bus. Oh, 
<laughs> you miss your flight before you are train. <laughs> I miss okay. my flight. I am say I have reached good forty five minutes before, and I am sitting at the airport. Okay. And they're like, sorry, madam, we can't allow you to. You're late or whatever, whatever. Because what? long queue. So by the time my turn came, okay. And I'd been telling, yeah, they said, sorry, we can't allow you. And then I sat oh. there, and I'm thinking, what is this life, right? <laughs> I have done so much. Itna, itna. I mean, what did I? Why is this happening? and uh, i you know i didn't have like a single penny to afford another flight ticket because i had put all my savings every last rupee into like mere paas khane ke paise nahi the stipend like that's i borrowed money to pay for my teacher's training that's how it was and i didn't have the courage to call somebody and ask for money because right. you know it just was just so shameful <laughs> that itna karne ke baad flight miss kar di so i'm sitting there wondering what to do and i'm all about to cry now okay because Right. such a big thing that was happening and suddenly it's you know shock of my life and can't make it and then i'm pleading that person ki please please that is very important so you just you sit and i sat for about an hour and then he came back and i got another flight for free like thankfully oh, they accommodated wow. me in the next wow. one and i went but i had to go through the shock for some reason i have no idea still no idea why let's call it karma but yeah <laughs> So, so Akka, what made you decide to do Hatha Yoga teacher training? Like, what was that one thing? When did you see someone, or like, suddenly did you? Like, I think after Bas Pandana, did you do some Hatha Yoga programs for yourself, or you directly went for the? Yeah, teacher? I, I did, I did. So that's a, so. What had happened was, after engineer engineering got over, within two months I did Bhavas Pandana because that was happening in Delhi, and I didn't want to miss the chance. and the when i finished bhavaspanna i swore to myself that i am going to volunteer for this program this program is so exceptional and i'm so grateful for every single person who's present in that space to make it possible for me i want to be able to offer it to another person in my life so um and i knew the next program was happening at the center in september so that was i again i sort of that's when i planned that i'm definitely going for this so july i think i'm bhavaspanna August, I signed up for my Khata program, the first program that I could, you know, sort of get hands-on, which was Angamadana. Yeah, oh. and then, uh, yeah, September, then October, I signed up for Yoga Asanas. Then November, then December, I signed up, sorry, for Surya Kriya. And uh, yeah, then January, February, I signed up for my teachers' training, and then then I left. <laughs> That's how it happened. So in one year, it was on power mode. how okay. uh, how quickly i went through the programs and my experience actually of inner engineering was was a big defining factor into as to why i went you know so all in into doing everything and exploring and the curiosity just peaked after inner engineering so like i mentioned right like i was sitting in inner engineering throughout the program fully skeptical of kya boli ja rahe hai you know you are kab karayenge you know all of that is happening um <laughs> But when I actually finished the program and I came out of it, uh, in the first, in the first two, three days, I think I was sitting and I was doing my sadhana, and I think I made up my mind after I that fine, you know, you you don't know what this is. You just give yourself, you do fully the meditation, and then you see. I'm very like result oriented. Okay, I want. I believe in actions more than words. So I'm very like right. I have to see this work. And they said you have to do it for 48 days, twice a day. And let me do this experiment. If it works, fabulous. If it doesn't, it's okay. I'll try something. It's all right. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think this was the second or third day when I was doing my shambhavi one evening, 
and uh, oh god the the how do i so you know the the awareness like for me this is how i can explain it just the simple awareness or the attention right the attention that you can pay to starting from your breath there is no end right? so the there is no end to how much to the things you can pay attention to so while i was doing uh, <clears throat> shamavi the one pranayam that you start with sukriya <clears throat> um first was the attention to the breath then slowly slowly i could feel my heart beating then i could feel the blood flow then i could feel the blood flow from a certain space like through my face i could feel the blood flow like i could the extent of attention there is just no end and the experience was surreal and this was not the first, i mean of course this is one of the few and then as i went and kept doing it 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 just helped <clears throat> filter so much of garbage in your mind you know that your ability to focus just became the precision is unreal and i think the med- so the meditation program worked fantastically for me because while this was happening in the practices imagine being able to apply this externally right so at work someone like me who gets into micro things who's very ocd who has to like even micromanage people and get them to do things right and then like hato mai kar dete ho you don't know how to do this from there to become to look at the macro things know where to pay attention to to i, I think the way i operated just changed exponentially and i think that's largely owing to the clarity of thought that came as a result of the meditation um I have amongst many many other things right, right. but uh this sort of yeah this sort of stood apart and then as i started doing hatha and as i started doing surya kriya and yoga asanas my god my first experience of yoga asanas and i keep telling this in my class also because it okay. was just so fantastic so i was struggling to reach my ankle was just sweating and i was like i can't do this why are they making us march i don't know how I'd make it. So I'd be trying to stretch all the way down and be sweating and huffing and puffing and breathe slightly deeper than normal, and it's not <laughs> happening and whatnot. <laughs> But again, one week into that program, again, Sarki Shiddat said, "Like, let's just do it. It's fine. Whatever the body allows, it allows. If it gives, it gives. You know. Eventually, you. Yeah, I've played enough sports in my life to know that if you keep at it, you know, it works. Um." So yeah, so one one of the days I'm doing Surya Kriya and sorry, I was telling you about my yoga asanas experience. Let me go to that first. So I'm doing yeah. yoga asanas and uh, we lie down in Shanti meditation and I feel like my body is just gone. You know? It's like completely <laughs> lifted off the ground, is floating somewhere else. And I remember coming out of the yoga asanas class, all this stretching and twisting has done something so fantastic that I I feel like I'm floating on thin air. This is while I was. when we finished the class i was walking back to my car and i felt like i was buoyant you know felt like you're not even you have no weight at all i felt very without gravity somehow you know and i remember giving a mother a call and be like listen if this comes to chandigarh you please try yeah. this okay this is just too fantastic <laughs> um yeah so every program has been so unique in terms of the kind of experience it's um offered and also how physically mentally it's opened up certain facets that i didn't even know about that i wasn't even conscious about um you know life is amazing 
life is just fabulous you you're living at the peak that you may think that is you know your sense of what the peak is and there's so many things that you wouldn't even know are your limitations you wouldn't even know like unconsciously the things that you're holding in or holding you back you wouldn't even know what your true potential is and when something like this comes it is just magical to me it was magical because it brought so many things that were not even in my awareness not even in my attention that i didn't even know that i was lacking in or was holding me back suddenly to the forefront and the way i could operate and apply myself just went you know like a whole other level um so yeah so wow. for me it was wow. like i said magic right so i was like oh wow right. i have to try this yeah because i think you were someone from a military background you were fully into sports and everything so you could totally see the difference right you might have been very physically active at that time also right Yeah, for sure, for sure. So when I went for Angamardana, I went yeah. to get abs. Huh? <laughs> like my mother, oh. someone told me you do Angamardana, you get abs. I'm like, all right then, <laughs> signing okay. up today. Okay. Um, I was, I was, I was physically active. Uh, but I think I was way more physically active when I was much younger. I think during uh, my like twenties, I think just before I did Hatha training. Active, but not not that much, not that heavily into sports. I mean, work has sort of taken over life, and social scenes have taken over life more. Um, but yeah, like the occasional run or a basketball game every now and then, that kind of sport I'm probably familiar with. So, Akka, now can you talk a bit about the Hatha Yoga teacher and whatever is possible? Like, you know, for someone who is yes. planning to go, like, uh, what should the what was your experience? Maybe something a little bit fun things or whatever happened in the program, and yeah. you could <laughs> throw some light in on that for sure for sure um where do i start so the hatha yoga teachers training so you know the reason i signed up for the hatha yoga teachers training was not to become a teacher it really wasn't and i know it will come as a shock to a lot of people because you know that's why people are go for the teachers training but I was very like I have volunteered for every single inner engineering program that has happened after I finished inner engineering. Every right. single one for that entire right. year that happened okay. in Delhi NCR in South Delhi particularly. So I was like volunteering. हो गया मेरा. I don't want to volunteer anymore. <laughs> I just want a space to do my sadhana, huh. and I want to discover what the mysteries of these practices are because it is just surreal. what i'm experiencing like it makes no sense at all and naukri hoti rahegi paisa aata rahega life chalti rahegi that i can always come back and do but this opportunity which i've gotten right now what i'm tasting the fruits of right now i will never get to explore this again and you know yeah i'm not i'm an attached i, I don't have you know what do you call those um, liabilities and stuff like that right so i thought i could totally dive into this and go for it <clears throat> but that time they didn't have sadhana pada Hmm. If they don't have such a program ah. where people can just do sadhana. Right. The only place where you can fully do your hatha, where no one was going to ask you to do anything else, <laughs> was the teachers training program. Because <laughs> uh, I was just curious about this. I was like, I don't want to distract. I want to immerse. I want to die into this. Like, I want to completely throw myself and just do this for the next whatever period I can. And I want a safe space to do this. Um, and teacher training was a place that was offering me and that's how i signed up for it um i told you how my start happened <laughs> but when i finally landed for the teachers training program um 
you know for just a week before the program and until the program like i think i don't even know if i should be mentioning this but i'll still mention chalo on the podcast we'll see um so a good week before the program till i reached there and a week after also i think continued i felt like I felt I felt my energies were so vibrant like there was so much I had no excitement or enthusiasm or what I don't know but you know how, how almost when you sign up for BSP the process starts even before you actually go for BSP oh. in a certain oh. sense yeah yes, yes yes so sort of like that sort right. of like that and for me I could feel it till here like you can now visually see like till like the space beyond my like till here I could feel like if i'd move i thought it would move with me you know mm-hmm. like that's how right. that's this certain sense of vibrancy i felt around me <laughs> and <clears throat> i mean i can call it a vibrancy only i don't know what else to call it but i was just very aware of this thing that's happening which would shift as i shift and it move as i move or i don't know if it was just excitement and you know how your energy becomes so palpable when you're so excited right. but for like consistently for, for a good period of time and i reached the ashram when you reached the ashram it became more pronounced because that space is so alive that entire space the atmosphere there is so alive it's charged up the air i think is charged up there so when you reach there um you know your breath just settles down and just the way you are becomes a certain way um so that that's continued for that entire period while i even reached the ashram so that's something that very very surreal that happened for the period when i'd signed up but once we started the teachers training it's nothing that i had expected it was way 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 more than i could have possibly imagined um the training challenges you at every level it will bring out your limitations physically let's start with that because you're doing 8 hours of sadhana you start your morning at Oh, well of course 5:30 guru puja but if you have your own practices that you have learned you know like your kriyas then you wake up earlier and you finish them first right. and then you start you know nata so um i think a lot of us used to wake up at 3:34 in the morning because you have to get oh. ready to right, you have right. to walk all the way to the ashram and some of you are finished you know some of us are finishing our shakti chalna kriya or our shambhavi and then coming for the session so 5:30 then the session would start <clears throat> and it would go on till 9:30 and 10 o'clock it would be done. So, so you're doing that up till 9ish at least. Let's assume you're doing practices, okay? So five hours there, and then again in the evening. So good eight hours at least of sadhana that you're doing in the day. And there is no time for you to. I don't know if I am I. Yeah. So and there's no time in between for you to do anything personal, okay? So you forget your phone, you forget, you forget your comb, also you forget to comb, you forget to like a lot of things you forget during that period. But during that period, it's a very intense program. So physically, like I mentioned, you're put to a test. Um, emotionally, um, mentally, intellectually, you're challenged constantly because you're going through programs about Ayurveda, about Siddha. We're learning about various kinds of medicine, nutrition, the human physiology. Because till the time we don't learn how this works, how are you going to go out and teach somebody else? So forget that. How are you even going to understand your own mechanics of your own system? Right? And astronomy from a yogic perspective, like the the variety of information and the kind of education that you get there is unparalleled. so it will also challenge you intellectually you know you have to constantly apply yourself then you will also go through certain assessments and uh, 
which is where what you have truly imbibed will come out it's not something that you can do as a performance it's not something that you can fake because it will just come out you know it it is so transparent it will just show so there's so much focus on imbibing the practices and imbibing your sadhana and imbibing that space and becoming not yourself like sort of like an undoing of you has to happen a non becoming of sorts has to happen for you to actually allow space for something larger for grace to sort of function so <clears throat> yeah it's it's very challenging a program those 5 months for me were everything i think it's the best thing i've done in my life right. um yeah it's and i'll tell so you so palpable more. on your face <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um i didn't even know what i was you view yourself a certain way right and then life puts you in a certain position where you get to test what you are and your boundaries and your capabilities your abilities at every possible level and for me the hatha program was that it helped me break so many um of my perceptions and preconceived notions not just about well of course the world but also myself and i think your biggest roadblock for any person i think for me and for someone who's so critical of herself i know for me the biggest roadblock is myself right i want to be able to and for everyone also i really feel ki this is something that you have mastered then to fir you know the world is no challenge at all and hatha is just that you've mastered this in the sense that this is not even an issue this is like something you keep on the side <laughs> so oh uh, my choice yeah. it's, it's it's an incredible program i can't I can't believe Sadhguru is just offering it like that, you know. So, and to be able to do it under his guidance, his presence is, yeah, I think we're very, very lucky, very blessed uh, that we got this opportunity. It's so rare for a person, a being of this nature, to go, you know, walk the planet at our times, and for us yeah. to have the ability to learn from him. Yeah, yeah. And the practices are very alive, okay. and i've done so, like i said right i've been active all my life so been right. sports in doing yoga i remember i think i still have a picture of me waking up in my yoga uniform in college right my hair is all disheveled because subah okay. subah jana padta tha yoga karne ke liye so i'm like aaj raat ko we used to wear the uniform <laughs> oh my god <laughs> in the morning we head directly only <laughs> and um and so yeah so done yoga all my life i think it's fairly fit only but nothing has worked like the way the practices are teacher has worked and i think that the reason why this is is because they are so alive you know they're not they're not dead they're very alive practices so can make a significant impact and truly cause a certain amount of transformation in the body mind and every possible way so like when people we like us who are doing the practice when we say alive we understand you know it is but for someone who has never done the practice how can they know what is that what do we mean by when we say alive no. how do we like put it in uh, okay way? <coughs> yeah yeah um i think it's something you experience here yeah, so like yeah. example if i want fitness <laughs> let's say you know if yeah. i if i want to get very fit right now yeah. and i know people who come and say you know fitness i say i'm not going to i also can gauge and see ki theek hai 
you know if you if the yoga is not your you don't want to get into it at all you just want to get fit you go play tennis no you go for a swim uh-huh. swimming is a brilliant uh-huh. way to get really fit in life right like full body workout and all of that but but if you're actually you know working you don't just you're not just looking at the physical aspect right like you know how in yoga we're talking about anamaya kosha manomaya kosha you know the various koshas so pranamaya kosha anamaya kosha so we're talking about the physical body we're talking about the mind body the energy body the practices are designed in such a way that they don't just work on one facet they work on all facets of what the physical body is which includes your mind your energy your various levels and in a very balanced way and hence it takes you to and i think that's the reason why transformation is possible right it's not just working on a just a pure physical level it's not just you know gross on that sense um yeah but how you call them alive i think is something that you can only experience right like so i feel maybe give something a shot and see it for yourself yeah also maga the line never get an answer for that even i also use like but i'm like i was thinking like maybe you know i'll get some way to but cool aga yes yeah. it's something that i think each one has to experience that alive process yeah i think it's just like having a friend yeah. you know who takes care of you and make sure you need something i think the practice i see it something like that maybe it's alive in that way maybe it's something like alive that. like it yeah like it alive because it works you know yeah, alive works, because yeah. it works so that's yeah. why alive like i yeah. could I could be having old stale bread and it will not give me any nutrition but if I have nice fish it is alive it is it has it still has the nutrients and the whatever is needed to give this body my god it's a very poor analogy but you know it works that's the reason why I like um so aga how was your graduation day was sadguru there uh, or uh, was it did you get an opportunity to sorry, meet sorry, sadguru sorry sorry say that again uh, during your graduation day did you get an opportunity to meet sadguru or during any of the other sessions was he there how was to be in his you know a lot of people mm-hmm. want this physical presence to be in his presence so i think this will be a lot of value adding to them to just understand <laughs> yeah no no so he is there he mm-hmm. at least see i don't know how it is for now because i know his schedule has also become very active yeah, yeah. now he's in um he's he's engaged in so many uh, initiatives and but but at the, at the time i think we were very privileged that we got to sit with him sorry i just had lemonade <laughs> so as it <laughs> yeah okay so but no i feel that we were very privileged during our time to um to get opportunities to have darshan with him and also chill with him and uh, yeah to be with him did you get and to play games with him huh? did you get to play games with him you said chill with him so did you get to play games to with him chill with him in the sense no no chill with him in the sense that you know just have like a conversation and you will be driving around and he needs stop by and he'll be asking so what are oh. you up to right now you know so right, that right, will like, engage oh, wow. with you and wow. yeah so you know so so it's it's really nice and you see that he's actually so fun to be around also like as a person and then when he comes into the role of a guru and in that space then you know then it's completely different the space only changes and how you're with him is uh, or how he's with you is is also very different we got to do a bhuta shuddhi initiation with him which was also phenomenal um it was explosive uh that and yeah the graduation day also he was with us I don't know if you've seen. I think um, there is this 
there is this one video in which he talks about carrying the aliyam with you the adi yogi aliyam with you mm-hmm. if you've seen that um, somebody asked him that you know right. how i'm leaving the ashram after this and i'm going to miss this place so much and i don't want to leave and how do i you know what do i do how do i live now after this because this has become such an integral part of my life and mm-hmm. um uh, he responded saying that you know you carry the alien with you wherever you are so um and i don't know maybe i can share the video with you later but that's something worth listening to and he speaks a little more in detail about being a certain way and representing isha in the world yeah. was it in lap of the master because i think i was there was it in lap of the master or something or was it in this was actually during a graduation graduation oh okay 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 right right Oh, this is our graduation ceremony where he's spoken right, about right, it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But I think there are certain glimpses of that. In fact, um, at the time, the Hatha Yoga School had also started uh, a series, which which basically shared the experiences of the teachers as they were going through the training. Ah, right. So, um, yeah. So I think they concluded the graduation ceremony is also something that they I think they captured. So it would be worth seeing. It. really fascinating the things that he's talking about and also how one should carry uh, themselves and this grace to the world awesome if you can send me the link i'll put it in the description so that you know viewers can check it out if you find it that is absolutely i think okay i think the audio is all over instagram i can give you that oh yeah i'll am okay okay cool that's all that will also do work <laughs> so aga from there um, coming back home and doing your first class how was that what was which was it like you said you didn't want to do class then how did you decide that now i'm going to teach it? because you went there not to become a teacher right you just wanted to know <laughs> yeah so how did that yeah. come about yeah so um yeah so i think once you're there <laughs> once you've gone through the program once you've taught enough and more and you know of course doing practices and doing your sadhana is something but to be sitting on this side of the class is also something else uh that is also sadhana but in a different way so once you've learned i think there is no way but to teach at least that's how it was for me like once i've experienced what i have there is no way but to offer it to somebody else because uh, imagine if this inner freedom everybody experiences and everyone just moves from a place of love and compassion and inclusiveness my god the world will change no the world will just change i feel so i had to had to get to teaching immediately after this and i think the opportunities just came on their own um when they did but i have you noticed this professor that when we you know when you do inner engineering when you do any isha program let's say i've seen people do after hatha yoga also i've seen people become so beautiful <laughs> but there is this uh you know something unlocks you know yeah. what i mean like something within you sort of unlocks and there's a certain right. sense of i'm going to call it inner freedom okay where sure. where you operate from a place of such inclusivity such compassion that something people are like ye to bahut ajeeb hai yaar yeah true how does this person <laughs> you get that <laughs> Mm. Mm. So, 
Yeah, imagine if everybody were to be this way. How beautiful the world would be. Yeah, teaching had to happen. Yeah, I think we. I think we had to when they feel that they immediately they like what is happening. So I initially had to tone it down a bit because I understood that is not something that is really acceptable. You know. because they might think you know we are i'm trying to use them i'm just trying to this them so i understood you know just putting it so much out there it does not work i have to tone it down a bit you know enough free is there but yeah. externally i have to be in a set in a certain way that is something my personal experience has you know over the period of time <laughs> that i have learned <laughs> how was it for you like uh, when I you went to people feel... mm. so okay so here's what okay so personally for me i don't know if i mentioned this also or not but So, um, so my first class, I I took in Chandigarh actually. This is when I announced my first class, and uh, this was a Suryasya class, and then I did Bhutu Shuddhi, and then very soon I was taking classes for the foundation in the Delhi Centre, and then then I got an opportunity to teach in the Alayam, the Adi Yoga Alayam, a yoga oh, okay. class. For okay. me, that was something else. Then so like that, the opportunities kept coming, kept opening up, and as teaching was progressively happening. um i wanted to go for samyama also so then i after two months of teaching i was like okay now i have to go back to the ashram and i have to do samyama so went for that after that teaching has been exceptional so teaching has happened on its own uh when i say on its own it means people have already i think anyone who's looking to ease anxiety to uh improve their mental health to get physically fitter to even have a certain spiritual aspiration right just to know like someone like me who's just curious ki hey, ho kya raha hai you know <laughs> what is this <laughs> surreal business that is happening let yeah. me just see what that's about so just about every kind of person has come and i've seen everyone walked away with with so much and more um i i, I mean in the seven in the last only last year or just before covid i can say until 2019 at least since 2015 at least those four years i can't even remember when i had a flu okay. you know i i don't and i and my growing years i used to be a very sickly child okay I used to fall sick very often i used to be so skinny um my hemoglobin was 7 at one time okay but i had so much energy i'd still be like running and too much energy too much energy but i even at the seven hemoglobin people usually are on bed okay <laughs> like unki khun laga hota hai <laughs> but uh, yeah I, i used to fall sick very often when i was a young kid and from that to where i'm at today where you know there's a certain resilience in the body there's a certain stability in the body at least and i'm saying purely physically right now so of course mentally strength and one's ability to bounce back from difficult situations all of that i've seen has been um much more so the abilities on that front have increased much more so since after i've done my hatha programs or inner engineering also for that matter now uh i think i i i'm not sure if you heard this or not but i i done this recording with this friend of mine rekha and shrilanka where okay. um, she's talking about mental health and right. um we were discussing we were just having these conversations okay because you're in the hatha training there are about 100 different people everyone's right. story is very unique how they got yeah, into it is very unique and imagine so many different people some person sitting in denver some person sitting in russia and someone in india and they all end up together in this one space right so you curious ki hua kaise like teri kahani kya you know and um and you you you're the most 
uh, incredible stories and everyone's reasons and i think there's no there's no bad reason there's never a bad reason to get into it there's never say hey if i want abs it was not a bad reason for me to get started uh-huh. with it because abs happened but something much larger was happening in the yeah, process right, right. um so when we get participants and i do get a lot of students who come with maybe physical challenges or mental health challenges or someone who's having hormonal imbalances or even kids who are facing um, attention deficiency disorder um or even you know in a corporate programs where people are just finding it difficult to deal with stress or cope with you know all the uh, pressure at work um so the reasons are a variety but but the practices have worked fabulously not just addressing those reasons but also offering that person a glimpse into who they are more than what in just that physical ailment that they may be pot- potentially dealing with um so yeah so since then classes have taken off brilliantly we've done a couple of retreats in the sri lanka and oh okay uh, we have another patyoga teacher there with whom i right, collaborate right. Right. and we're planning a few in india as well we right. uh, will be launching one in goa and one in himachal very soon so oh, yeah so okay. classes oh. are happening quite well and every single person so you know what okay so this had happened i've had two participants who've been really interesting one was from afghanistan oh is it okay still is about that uh yeah Yeah, she'd come down to Delhi. I was staying in Lajpat Nagar, okay? In Lajpat Nagar, I was in Lajpat 3 at the time, just off the ring road. And Lajpat 4 has a massive um, Afghani population. Like, there are a lot of people who come and live there from that side. I think it's medical tourism largely. Um, but this participant was just so devoted. And she'd heard of Sadhguru online. She'd heard his YouTube videos and that got her interested. And that's when she came and she text messaged me or emailed me. I can't remember that she's coming and she'd like to learn practices. And I was like, okay, we can like sign up for a 21 day program dedicated to her. We took her through that various other programs through the process. Uh, just the sheer dedication and the involvement in the practices is something that brought me to my knees you know you see the participants coming from where from what backgrounds from what kind of lives from what struggles and then and then finding a way to make it to a class okay. just so they can get one experience of uh, uh the spiritual drop of you know <laughs> grace Uh, next thing I think I remember meeting her in the ashram in one of Sadhguru's sessions, and I think she's in the ashram long-term volunteering for a while now. Uh, oh. Similarly, one participant, one more participant, Wu, his name is. He's from uh, Hong Kong, and um, sometimes you see these participants. They come and they do it such shiddat se, like with such devotion, with such involvement, with such dedication. I think that just seeing that process happen, them getting into the asana, and, uh, yeah, it's all worth it. Like in that moment, it is just—it's just so worth it. That you see the shine on this person's face, you see the silence with which they sit in the end. It's just that whole—it's just too much. I think I'm too grateful. Every participant who comes to my doorstep, I'm too grateful for them <laughs> because they keep reminding me how exceptional these practices are and how they can take a person from you know somewhere. To somewhere else altogether, somewhere closer to you know, within themselves. True, Akash. I think uh, somewhere <laughs> when we like one of the reasons I do the podcast is when you share your journey. It's very 
i also sometimes down, down the line when i'm constantly doing my practice all alone in my room i forget like what is its significance why i had started doing it and you know sometimes it gets very mechanical for me that's why i volunteer or when i make this podcast it's a very beautiful experience for me personally also so uh, now i would like to you know go to like you know you before you went for the program you had no issues in life but after when we are into the spiritual path you know a lot of struggles this thing starts popping up so did you face you know were you very constant with your practice no matter what you would do or did you face periods where you know you had to drop your practice because you know uh, such content is very less a lot of us drop the practices you know but when we look at social media everyone is like a hardcore yogi doing for eight hours of yoga but is that the actual where you know are there moments of questions are there moments of struggle what was that real journey for you if you could throw some light you know it would help a lot of us i personally feel yeah yeah that's a very good question <laughs> um i think for the longest time immediately at least after the training very very sincere with practices and then and then also so you should also know that i was my sadhana would take about like 5 to 6 hours okay at one time and then so which means that i have to wake up like really early so that i can finish my sadhana on time by 9 so that i can go to office because i'd have work and then i'd have to come back from work and then i'd usually have classes in the evening mm-hmm. you know something oh. like that like so, so i had schedule yeah okay. so i had like <laughs> i had a very tight schedule and in all of this i have to manage my food also right right so right. um there was yeah so there was this time where i had classes either in the morning then i had to make my show and my sadhana was happening in the evening because i couldn't not do my sadhana and office during the day so um imagine when i had classes morning evening ha <laughs> huh. oh. that time yeah. food would have to take a back seat like all together huh. and yeah so or sadhana there are days i've not slept okay there's this one time i've not slept for almost 72 hours because i had uh morning class evening class had just uh but the, i was insane back then okay i was very like he's on any chupna chahiye types and all that right, 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 right. <laughs> um yeah but but i think that that sort of boot sort of wears off after a certain time you know i don't know right. <laughs> what 72 <laughs> hours is that even sort of so yeah so there was there was a time when that also happened um then i had uh, social scenes in between or something with the other so yeah so 72 hours i think is the max that i've gone and after that like full crash and like slept through an entire day um not something that i encouraged not something that anybody should do um but um so yeah so have i dropped practices i know yeah um i think so yeah so like i was saying my schedule's been such where i would have to take classes morning morning evening and i'd have work also and then i have my own practices also so there there did come a time where i had to manage my practices in such a way that i couldn't do all of them together because i'd have so many other commitments that i need to fulfill i couldn't not fulfill my work commitments and i could not not fulfill my class commitments etc so and you know what also happens is when you go for a class it's not just those 3 hours of the class your mm. you go at least to you know one hour before for the setup and then you at least one hour it's actually more than that and then the whole drive in delhi to it so it's a good 5 hour commitment anyway minimum right. right which is the class so if you actually put the entire do the maths in the day you don't have so many hours to do everything right. so uh, i had to sort of manage my practices in such a way that um 
um and it started by breaking the practices down so i would do upa yoga and uh, yoga asanas and my kriyas on monday and i would do angamardana and surya kriya and my other kriyas on monday like that like that slowly it started and then there was a period where you know family issues concerns personal setbacks struggles and you know just life situations around you are such a way that you're required to be either at a hospital constantly while also managing other aspects you know like or you're going through like a major emotional crisis and you know all of that and you have to deal with that plus manage your work plus everything else so i think there have been a lot of situations where but, but i've at least my shambhavi goes or at least one one hatha one kriya going some or just a nisha kriya going something i kept going because i felt it gave me the ability or the resilience to bounce back from these situations really fast because sometimes i get sadhana is very important but agar sadhana nahi ho pa raha you know and that happens for a lot of us and i mean i know personally for it happened to me and nahi ho pa raha tha i engaged in something else i engaged in external activities i started doing volunteering i started doing you know um uh i'd go to the bhairavi temple and sit i just like whatever i wherever i could possibly apply uh, or yeah and just move <laughs> move from that place and do something that engages you sadhana is a great tool and i understand that it it can be a big support and if if your body is allowing you if your mind is allowing you great and i know a lot of people particularly those who are dealing with depression find it even difficult to get out of bed out of you know in the morning sometimes yeah. so for for somebody like that to say hey listen you have to do your sadhana has to happen and i understand with some people it just doesn't but you do something else go sit in a group of people and volunteer maybe that will help like just lay out carpets lay out carpets that's such a beautiful sadhana in itself yeah, right. um string some flowers that's a beautiful sadhana i think do something fulfilling for something outside of yourself and for me at the time i think rally for rivers was happening in that year and i threw myself into that fully and came out of it i thought felt like sadguru just like totally wiped everything for me in that moment because um, yeah it took me about 4 or 5 months to bounce out of that space uh and there are times even today or in the last few years where i felt that hatha when i say that kind of sadhana proper hatha yoga may have taken a back seat because other activities have taken precedence but what i've done is at least one practice or two one kriya one um uh hatha yoga practice i make sure that i don't drop at any cost um and now i mean you know there are corrective mechanisms there are certain days where you dedicate only to sadhana you have to make a conscious choice to prioritize your because i feel there's so so many times imagine we live our lives constantly doing things externally how many right. times do we actually pause and say ki no man i need time for myself and i need to prioritize it and screw everybody else and sab kuch side pe pehle hi hona chahiye when do we do that very rarely we normally do it so yeah so i think it's it has to be a conscious choice we have to make time and space for ourselves and huh. yeah उटनी 
all you have to do you are given full freedom ki just breathe you know i'm going to even touch you no one's going to speak to you you can just be and you can just breathe and to have that space i mean i miss that so much and i think hatha school for me was that privilege that entire period where we were given to just bloom and blossom and grow and um discover and explore and you know um yeah um so i think there are times i definitely crave for that and that's what i was saying that certain sundays i've kept certain time aside that i would just dive into my sadhana where nothing will exist and only this should happen because it's important to get in touch with that silence you know every now and then because it gets lost in all this noise sometimes awesome aka so thank you so much aka for you know sharing your journey with us and uh, I uh, just want to ask so where can people know more about your programs what would be the best way to reach out to you and you know yeah attend a class with um so yeah so um so we doing a few programs uh there's so uh certain online programs so these are available on the website on the yogavigyan.com website it's available on the insta handle also um and the programs that we are doing right now we started this during covid uh because that time the only way to reach people was online um so there are programs that are designed for women uh to give them a safe space a community where they can actually come and talk about certain issues and challenges that they are going through because if you see stress and anxiety etc or all issues which could even be like mental health issues or just generally stress in general also the way it has an impact on the physical body on a man versus a female will be slightly different largely because of the physiology right, right. so in women it shows up more pronounced because of hormonal imbalances like pcod pcos and you know certain other things um so we we designed this program it's a 11 day program workshop for women which is take them through certain upayoga isha kriya all of these practices meditation practices along with discourses by satguru that will help them address these challenges in a more um uh, structured way um plus of course with the support of teachers similarly we are doing programs around nutrition around yogic lifestyle diet uh, for the larger audience so this is also online it's available um then there is a 21 day challenge that we are doing for yoga namaskar yeah. you, do you make ragi dosha like are you guys making ragi <laughs> i think it's a we can make video. ragi dosha <laughs> yeah, okay yeah i saw the video <laughs> very cute video yeah um yeah but i do we, so we do a little bit of cooking with them during that process but we also share a lot of recipes towards the end of the program so there is like a huge booklet of recipes and diet that they take away um I think that's a good idea. We should probably do a ragi dosa special mm-hmm. <laughs> in our yogic diet class. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like that, like that. We also have a children's program and a twenty-one day challenge, a yoga namaskar challenge. Uh, we've had people go for teachers training from that challenge. Uh, Is it because yeah. of how their how intense? Yeah, the experiences were so intense. I think so many people from our batches signed up for teachers training after that. Wow. It was amazing to see. Hmm. So yeah so there's that and of course we're taking classes in Delhi and Chandigarh uh, right now um and Bangalore um retreat programs are happening only once or twice a year 
this will be ideally in Himachal or Goa. And we're working with various corporates also to do one day, two day retreats for their employees to relieve stress, anxiety. Um, if you notice, you know, especially in corporate jobs, the way people sit, just sitting on the laptop with a kind of, you know, sedentary work style makes your body a certain way, your posture a certain way. Look at you correcting us <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, that... Uh, and not just not just the posture alone i feel even emotionally or mentally the kind of stress and the things that we go through your body carries these in knots in your you know in your body like it carries physiologically it forms certain bonds and knots inside the body so to be able to release it we start with the physical practices to be able to you know open up especially the shoulders and the neck and such regions where we carry it heavily so so yeah so we do design a lot of practices for corporates also but um, yeah, uh, <laughs> private programs. So we do everything right now, as to answer your question. Awesome. Uh, so if people want to learn more about it, they can go to the Insta handle or they can go to the website. Uh, details are available there. Beautiful, Akka. So anything that you would love to leave the audience before we end the podcast, something that you would like to tell them or maybe it's about yoga. Yeah, maybe it's about some... voice is now oh, is it? Oh, I'm so sorry. So just before we conclude the podcast, mm-hmm. is there something that you would like to, you know, tell the audience about yoga or something which you would like to leave it's not audible before we conclude <laughs> oh it's not audible what? hello mic check no, mic really? check <laughs> <laughs> okay now it's all now it's audible like <laughs> there's actually a malayalam movie in which you know, yeah there's a malayalam movie in which the same thing happens this guy calls and then he's like kekunundo hello can you hear me can you hear me and the other like i can't hear you so now you can hear me right akka <laughs> yeah yeah you're talking like a robot and like it's very mechanical and you know yeah I don't know why that is. Maybe some issue with the connection. So basically, we want to conclude conclude the podcast. Akka, I need your final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, listen. I'm grateful for this uh, conversation. Thank you so much uh, for having me on this chat, Vaisu. It's been lovely. Um, we spoke once very briefly. I think our very first uh, when you started the podcast way back. And I really enjoyed the conversation, and I'm so glad we got to do this again. And yeah, hope to many more, <laughs> many more interesting conversations. Yeah, hopefully we'll remake this in Hindi also, Aka. Hopefully, because yeah. Ha ha, let's do that, man. Hindi to karna chahiye hume. Mari, itna massive audience is sitting there in Hindi. They should also, you know, yeah, karte. Let's do that. Let's plan that. Okay. Thank you, Aka. Namaskaram. Okay. Namaskaram. Thank you so much.